Welcome. You've tuned into Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. As always, the purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we're going to look at whether we have angels at the beginning and ending of our incarnations, and if we do, what do our angels have to do with our, well, comings and goings, at least in and out of this world? This is episode number 126, Angels at Birth and Death. As those of you who have been our faithful listeners know, that this season of our show has been all about angels. We've explored being saved by angels, walking with angels throughout our lives. That was a great episode with Keith Leon that we uh, interviewed Also, the kinds of angels that might show up and many other aspects of our lives in relationships to angels. So, if angels seem to regularly show up in our lives to help guide us away from possible dangers and at times even certain death, would angels also show up when it is actually our time to go? (laughs) If they do show up, are they saying, Uh, You're running late. It's time to get out of this place. Vamos. (laughs) I don't recall when I first heard the angelic designation, the angel of death, but I've heard such an angel mentioned many times in various places and by all kinds of people. So some sort of angel of death seems to be a fairly common and universal belief. The ancient Rig Veda of the Hindus refer to Yama as the god of death who is the final judge on where the soul of the deceased will go. Azrael, the all-seeing angel, is regarded as one of the four primary archangels of the Muslim world. It is said that one of his roles is to keep an eye on Sidrat al-Muntaha, the lot tree of the end, that marks the end of the seventh heaven. When a person is born, a new leaf appears on this tree, and when it is their time to die, the leaf falls from the tree, which is Azrael's clue to come and collect their soul. Then there's Nuestra Señora de la Santa Muerte, who is Our Lady of Holy Death, a Mexican Catholic family deity or... Oh, yes, a Mexican Catholic female deity of or folk saint regarded as the personification of death. Some believe that she offers healing, protection, and safe delivery to the afterlife for the soul after death. The ancient Canaanites believed in Mot, the god of death and the underworld. He is worshipped by the people of Ugarit, Ugarit the Phoenicians, and some of the Hebrews of the Old Testament times. Of course, there's good old Anubis, the jackal-headed god of the netherworld of ancient Egypt. He was known to preside over the purification and mummification of the body of the deceased, but at the time of the person's death, <clears throat> he, would leave the, he would lead the person's bah, that aspect of the soul that makes up what we might consider to be one's personality, to the entrance of the underworld where the Ba undergoes its own purifying journey. After the purification, Anubis reunites the person's Ba with their essential self, Ib, represented by the heart that holds all of that person's life experience, thoughts, and deeds, and then leads the deceased to the hall of the Ma'at, where the scales of judgment weigh the heart, remember the Ib, of the deceased against a feather. 
If his true self is lighter than the feather, he is allowed to join the other gods in the field of reeds for eternal existence. I think that's ascension, uh, basically. Norse mythology tells us of the Valkyries, beautiful horse-riding maidens in service to the god Odin, taking the souls of the deceased warriors from the battlefield and delivering them to Valhalla, where the slain warriors would be received and honored. Especially in Japan, there's O Jizo-sama, the compassionate bodhisattva from the Buddhist tradition who is said to come greet those who pass on, especially children who might not understand the teachings of the Buddha and therefore can get stuck on the sandy banks of the river Sai after their death. Throughout history and around the world, there are detailed descriptions of spiritual beings that in various ways attend to the souls of those who die from this worldly existence and are escorted or guided to a different realm of consciousness. Collectively, such deities, spirits, angels, or even creatures are called, of all things, psychopomps. (laughs) The term originates from the Greek for soul conductor, as in one who conducts the soul from here to the afterlife. What a word, psychopomp. Yeah, I've always loved that word, psychopomp. <laughs> and, and, you know, it just reminds me of uh, graduation, right? Psychopomp oh, yeah. and circumstance. <laughs> but, well, you know, that's, that is graduation, isn't it? Uh, when, when you die... It's like, okay, you're graduated from here. From this life. (laughs) From this life anyway to the next grade. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll have that. You have that, you know, playing for my funeral is is a psychopomp and circumstance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) In Christianity, you know, the archangel Michael is often considered to be the chief guardian and conductor of souls to heaven after death. I didn't know that until I was doing some research about, of all things, psychopomps. <laughs> the fascinating thing is, however, that I can personally vouch for that, that, you know, Arch- Archangel Michael is often the chief guardian and conductor of souls to heaven after death. Personally, I can vouch for that. Because from my experiences of physically dying and then returning to this incarnated life, out of the five times I've experienced that, the Archangel Michael escorted me to where I was to go, and he was also the one that escorted me back to Earth and my body on two out of the five occasions that I recall of those uh, escorts. The only other time I was aware of an escort, and it wasn't him, It was the female angel who was waiting for me with four other huge golden angels when I flatlined in one of my ambulance rides, and she was the one who brought me back into my body. The other two times where I wasn't aware at the time of anyone guiding me back and forth were two times after I had my, um, the ICD, uh, the defibrillator, mobile defibrillator, I guess, <laughs> implanted in my chest that zapped my heart back into action. So so I didn't have to, you know, go to the hospital or anything or uh, go through all that. It just was automatic. So I think it got me before it got to that point where I had to be escorted you know, further. <laughs> you were floating out and then it zapped you right back. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, I know one of the times it was I was gone for a little bit because when I came to, certain things had passed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but but uh, I wasn't aware of anyone bringing me back or taking me out uh, on those two because probably because of the mechanical device that was um, intervened. <sighs> but I'm sure because of this electroshock that I got, 
it's 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 really a rude awakening <laughs> to come back that way. I I much prefer you know Archangel Michael or one of the angels bringing me back. It's so much more gentle. But anyway, uh, so I was a little distracted when that was happening. So I'm not sure if any of them were there. So many of these so-called myths and legends and beliefs about certain um, angels or other beings doing certain things are not all just stories. Even if some of some of those are a little embellished, there often is at least a kernel of truth in those stories we hear and we've read about. In the case with Christianity's belief in one of Archangel's roles is that of a guardian and conductor of souls after death to their afterlife. I'm all in on that one. <laughs> that was Archangel Michael he's talking about. Yeah. And uh, uh, because, you know, uh, two out of the three times that I did remember ex- having an escort uh, going and coming back, uh, it was him. Aside from actual angels being the psychopomp, both Raphael and I have seen ravens and owls, especially, telling us about someone's imminent or recent passing, as well as attending to their passing. So some psychopomps being animals and other creatures, I can definitely attest to as well. So yes, angels of death. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's so interesting. You know, when I think of angels of death, I, I hear music. It's, it's just, it's, it's not a, the dark and gloomy, uh, morose kind of experience or image. For me, it's bright and radiant, peaceful, serene, loving. It's, it's uh, I, I see angels of death. Uh, you know, probably the word death has a lot of connotations for so many people on this side of the veil. Often, people have been scared of angels of deaths because of that. And we've got the picture, I think, of the Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know the Grim Reaper with the with the hood, you know, and you can't see his face. Yeah, he's carrying a scythe. Uh, yeah, he's carrying a scythe, and and some believe the Grim Reaper to to be the one, the angel of death, so to speak, to show up to cause your death. You know, okay, <laughs> chop chop, <laughs> uh, off with your head or something. And now I can take you because you're dead. But others, I think more people tended to believe that he shows up when your time is up. So, so uh, again, even the Grim Reaper, even though we project a lot of uh, grim images, <laughs> I don't think the Grim Reaper is actually uh, a bad guy. And uh, it's said in... Spirit, those who serve to be a conductor for the departing soul, are informed 40 earth days before the actual death of the person. I've never seen anyone scramble in heaven unprepared for the new arrival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like some of us, you know, when, when we've got something going and, and, oh, my God, we're late and, and uh, we're not prepared. The guests are arriving. <laughs> but, no. Nah. Never in heaven. Well, I'd like to share a story with you. Um, Excuse me. This is kind of funny because in a recent show, we talked about the um, old TV series that ran many, many, many episodes called Touched by an Angel. And one time I had this dream that was portending the death of a person that I knew and it was the actor John Dye, D-Y-E, oh, yeah. <laughs> was his last name. He was the one that actually played the angel of death on, in, show. on yeah. the show. And by the way, he's passed over. He passed over, I think, in 2011 or something. But um, he came to me as the Grim Reaper. That, and he was really a cute guy, too. So, you know, they were trying to create that space of 
you know, um, the Grim Reaper isn't scary. And, of course, um, in my dream, he represented that angel and did um, predict a death for me. All right. Well, our first break is coming up, and we have our Hawaii Seminar Weekend coming up this Saturday, July 11th, and Sunday, July 12th. Yes, we pre-recorded this episode while uh, travel group events and other restrictions were still mandated by the COVID-19 virus. What we do know is this. We will give our all-day seminars this weekend each day either on-site at the beautiful Royal Kona Resort on the Big Island of Hawaii or if it is still unwise to do so, we will do it remotely via Maestro Conference and Zoom video. We are making this announcement with the hope that we'll be able to safely resume our on-site events, but please check our website to see what is or is not happening at the time you tune in to this show. As always, we'll stay in the present and see how everything unfolds. Find out all the details for our upcoming seminar weekend on our website events calendar section michaeltamora.com or sign up by calling our office at one five three zero nine two six two six five zero, and speak with our wonderful assistant Noel during normal business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday. We'll return in a couple of minutes, and we'll continue with Angels at Birth and Death. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com and be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. Let's continue our discussion about angels at birth and death. Well, one of the most interesting deaths that's happened near me in my lifetime was uh, the passing of Michael's beautiful mom, Keiko. Um, I adored her and loved her like a second mother, for sure. And for about two or three years before her passing, Michael and I were very well aware that she was getting ready to go, even though she was healthy. She golfed several times a week and cooked and did everything. And she didn't look sick or anything like that, but we just knew she was starting to pack her bags. Well, about five days before she passed, I started experiencing an incredible elevated energy that might have been the presence of an angel for those five days before her passing. I felt an incredibly intense level of unconditional love for everything around me. And I do mean everything, every blade of grass, every person I ran into, the cars that passed by, (laughs) uh, Michael, you know, and oh, the house guest. Actually, Michael wasn't with me Mm -hmm. during that time. I had a house guest. And um, I think maybe this had something to do with how close I was to Kay. Mm -hmm. Um, But... That elevated energy was like nothing I had 
ever experienced. And if that's how an angel, uh, you know, full-time energy is, oh my goodness. If I could have energy like that all the time in this world, I think it would be so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a very interesting experience because that uh, that day, the day of her death, she actually died in the night. But the day of her passing, I was walking with a friend and she was telling me all of her woes and, and everything. And even that felt incredibly elevated and I felt and was able to communicate with her uh, without judgment and with very uh, good advice. And then I mentioned to her my state of being, you know, I, I'm experiencing this thing. I don't know what it is, but it's it feels like I'm almost in heaven mm. kind of a thing. And that was really pretty amazing. And then that evening... Uh, my friend and I started having a conversation, and all I could do is talk about Kay. <laughs> and I talked to her Kay stories for two hours. Mm. And finally, she kind of waved her hand and said, that's enough, Raphael, I have to go to bed. <laughs> and even after she went to bed, I still wanted to talk about her. So I felt Kay's presence around me as well mm-hmm. as that incredible energy. And then the next morning when I got up, um, I put on an outfit that she really liked uh, that I had that I owned at, at that time. It was one of her favorite outfits on me, summer outfits. And then I got the phone call. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got the phone call and I knew that she had passed, that energy actually left me. Ah, yeah. No, that was, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's amazing. I would say of all the deaths that I've experienced of other people, and and especially people who are close to me, I would have to say my mother's death was the most mm, amazing. Uh, There's, you know, when you get to this, there's just no adjectives. (laughs) There's no words to describe it. It's just so profound. And my side of that experience uh, I, I think I mentioned it before, but I was in Los Angeles, and, and at that time, Rafia and I were living in Colorado. She was at home in Colorado. I was in a hotel room in, in Los Angeles by the airport, and um, uh, very different energy. <laughs> and and um, I was uh, giving private sessions every day, all day long, until this coming weekend, and that was, uh, I think it was like on a Friday or Thursday or Friday morning. And and um, so I was getting prepared for, uh, I think it was Friday uh, was when I woke up to Raphael's calling me. But the three days before that, three nights before that, this strange thing happened for me, which never happened before then and never happened after then. But three days, three nights in a row at exactly somewhere, I think it was between 2.30 and 3 o'clock or so in the morning, I was deep asleep and the phone jarring. I mean, a hotel phone sometimes could be pretty loud. And right next to my head is ringing. And so I get up and I, I'm halfway awake and, and I answer the phone. Uh, I'm not thinking, you know, who's calling at the middle of the night? So I answer the phone and it's some man uh, whose voice I don't recognize. There's no introduction. There's no even, not even, hello, uh, is this Michael tomorrow or anything like that? It's just like ramrod. <laughs> the guy starts practically yelling at me uh, uh, questions, personal questions and things that were way out there and uh, with no context of anything. And I, I listened for like, few sentences of this guy rattling uh, on and I go excuse me you know I don't know who you are <laughs> I don't know if you you know who I am <laughs> it's three o'clock in the morning I need to get some sleep you know uh, and I don't answer phone calls in the middle of the night so goodbye I hang up and when I hung up the guy was still talking at me not talking to me but talking at me and this was before cell phones. Yeah. 
fortunately. <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, if it were a cell phone, I probably would have had it on do not disturb except for, you know, yeah. emergencies. And, and then uh, I went right back to sleep. I thought, how strange. Some, some person, you know, off person. And then I went back to sleep. Well, the next night, uh, so that would have been, I think, the Wednesday night or something. Same, exact same thing happened, except it was a different man. I, I, totally different voice, different accent, different everything, but the same type of call. No introduction, no hello, no, you know, this is who it is. This is no, is this Michael tomorrow? Anything. Just bam. Rattling on, and and really not even a space for me to talk much, and and definitely they didn't answer any questions I asked, so I just had to hang up again. I thought that's really strange. Two nights in a row, and then third night, same thing happens, and so after I hang up, I'm going, you know, I'm not getting uninterrupted sleep, and I gotta teach in a the next day and uh, uh, or in a couple of days and I, I need some rest and um, so I'm thinking what can I do shall I just keep the you know phone off the thing and then I remember it starts making beeping sounds and stuff after a while and I thought oh I'm in a hotel so I could I can call the operator it, all calls go through the operator so I uh, called the operator and I said would it be a possibility to block my phone during the night, I just need to get, I'm getting these harassing calls and I need to get some sleep. And um, can I just have you block it until I wake up in the morning and then I call in and you could unblock it. And she goes, oh, absolutely, no problem. Great, thank you very much. So I had her do that. That was the night my mother passed. So uh, my father is the one who found her uh, in bed that, not breathing and and was gone and uh so he immediately tries to call me at the hotel but the one time i have the phone blocked he couldn't get through and of course he's all you know shaken up so he's not thinking through all the things he could do uh so he when the operator tells tells him oh sorry sir his phone is blocked and um so then she, he hangs up, calls Raphael. That's how Raphael found out. And this was very early in the morning, 6 o'clock, 5, 30, 6 o'clock. And so then Raphael, of course, calls the hotel, tells the operator, hey, this is you know his wife and it's an emergency and I got to get through. So, of course, that unblocks the call. And I'm on the astral plane. I'm, I'm teaching, uh, as usual, in, in spirit. And uh, next thing, <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of, of the vaudeville cane, you know, when, you're, you're <laughs> okay, we want you off the stage. The hook comes and hooks you around the neck and pulls you off, off the stage. So I'm being pulled back from my class that I'm teaching, and I'm telling everybody in the class, hang on. Uh, I don't know. Somebody's calling me. I, I got to go back and, and uh, well, to be continued. And so I'm just being pulled back like a tractor beam back in toward my body. I'm coming in from the ceiling of the hotel room and I see the hotel room and I see the bed and I see my body underneath and I'm slowly coming back and I'm going, who, what is pulling me back? And then I start to hear something, but then there's this double radiance by the foot of my bed. My mother is just in total radiance. And then next to her is uh, my, one of my favorite cousins uh, who actually had died 35 years before that point. And uh, uh, she's standing there. And of course, when you're in spirit, out of the body, there is no such thing as death. Absolutely. There's no such thing as death. So there's not even a thought of, oh, gee, what's, what's my dead cousin doing here? No, there's no such thought. It's just my cousin's here. Oh, great. My cousin's here and my mom's here. Wow, this is great. It was just joyous. And both of them 
are like in total joy and total radiance, total serenity. It's just amazing, amazing, very much like what Raphael was uh, describing. But this, I'm experiencing this from out of body on a spirit level. And I, I'm seeing them. I, I want to stay and talk to them, but I'm being still being pulled back. And I'm going to, I'm telling my mom and my uh, cousin, hang on a second. I, I, something's pulling me back. So then finally, I get close enough to my physical body where I'm, I can hear something is this ringing sound. <laughs> and then I finally click. Ah, I'm enough back in the body reality that, oh, this is a phone. <laughs> and I open my eyes and I barely could keep my eyes open. I grabbed the phone and I said, hello. And it's Raphael. And she's serious. And she's going, Michael, I have some bad news. And at that point, the worst news I can think of <laughs> on the spot was, what could it be? Oh, oh no, our dog got run over by a truck type of a thing. And so I'm, okay, I'm prepared, give me, give it to me. And she said, your mother passed away this morning. And uh, it's just like, huh? <laughs> and I said, oh, she's right here. And I look over and she's, she and my cousin are still standing at the foot of my bed, just in this amazing radiance. And I said, She's with my cousin. And this is the great thing of being married to a clairvoyant. <laughs> she goes, oh, good. Yeah, why don't you talk to her first and then call me back right afterwards? <laughs> and so I said, okay. I hang up from Raphael and I, I look at my mom and cousin again. And I'm, now I'm in, you know, sitting up in bed and then going, I just heard. And my mom says, yes. And I said, I told her the first thing I can think of is saying, I said, I'm so sorry. I, I wasn't there physically for you. And she said, oh, no, I arranged it this way. If you or Raphael, your sister or anybody, your dad was right there, I couldn't have done it. And she said, I know that's that's a little selfish, but but uh, I I just wanted to do it the easiest way for me uh, to leave because I, I was done. And and I said, well, I'm glad to hear that because that, you know, I'm so happy for you. If that's what you needed to do, that's what you wanted to do, that's uh, completely 100% okay with me. And so we celebrated. And, and um, then I realized, oh, yeah, my cousin, you know, she's, I haven't seen her this total complete presence in many many years and so we had a wonderful reunion and then after we were communicating for a while then they decided see you later yeah and also uh, michael had seen many years earlier that his cousin would be the one to take his mom mm -hmm. when the time came yeah, 35 years before. Yep. <laughs> well, it's break time coming up again, so we wanted to remind you that coming up on Saturday, July 25th, we have a great teleclass to help you through these challenging times. Your clairvoyance, seeing the truth of the matter. You'll learn simple but powerful psychic tools to help you expand your innate soul ability to see the truth more clearly. Remember, it's important now, more than ever, to turn inward and to see your own truth. For details and to sign up, go online to michaeltamura.com or call our office at 1530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of angels at birth and death. See you in a couple minutes. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. 
one of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer, the award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamura.com forward slash events. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back. Do you have angels at birth and will you have angels at death? And if so, what for? Let's get back to our topic for today. Well, I wanted to start with one more uh, little story about a psychopomp. (laughs) And if you're just tuning in, you'll have to listen to the rest of the show. Actually, psychopomp is a type of being that uh, is not appearing as an angel or a person but uh well i guess it could be mm-hmm. and uh but it could also be appearing as an animal or some other yes. thing to announce or uh escort someone to their passing to their death so uh one was i was married before um to a guy who had a, also a wonderful mother i really lucked out in the mother-in-law <laughs> department I loved her dearly. She was a sweetheart. She had four sons, which is no easy thing. And um, she had leukemia, but she seemed pretty healthy for a long time. However, one night I had this very, uh, very vivid dream about three owls. There, There was a big one, like a mama owl and a papa owl and a baby owl it was like three owls in three different sizes and they appeared on a tree that uh didn't exist in the backyard of my of that mother-in-law's house and at the time I was doing a lot of reading about Native American lore and I knew when I woke up that that um dream meant that somebody in the house my mother-in-law's house either her or her husband and I figured it would probably be her, um, was probably getting ready to die. And sure enough, just a couple of days after I had that dream, um, she went into the hospital and started her, her passing over process. And uh, I just want to send a shout out to her in the heavenly planes <laughs> and to Kay. Um, love you guys. And um, I'm really glad that I got to participate in that. Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing, you know, part of why we're exploring this topic of angels at birth and death is, oh, well, literally, that's the coming into this incarnation and going out of this incarnation uh, portals. And so, on a natural level, closer to birth and closer to death, we're the closest to heaven, so to speak. We're closest to, to spirit before incarnating into a bodily uh, form in a physical world and closest to spirit right before we disincarnate and get out of this body uh, experience. And so those of us who have had the good fortune of being a little more conscious during the course of our so-called incarnated life we can come and go and and have both experience consciously of being here, experiencing bodily sensations and and you know all the things that go with being a human being, and then 
we've also experienced many, 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 many times being out of the body and being just spirit where there is no uh, bodily experience. And there's, there's in-between spaces where we're uh, closer to the physical world on the astral. Uh, you can still experience having a body and you can experience having a regular normal life. Uh, with days and nights and sunrises and sunsets and, you know, uh, grass and buildings and everything. But there's not the same experience of the passage of time, even in that circumstance. But as you go into the higher planes of spiritual experience and existence, it gets less and less and less anything to do with the body and more, more, more just being spirit. So these are experiences that bring about a lot more understanding of what are we doing here in this world. One of the experiences I, I really enjoyed, and, and Raphael shared this with me, is when my father, before he passed away, uh, many years before he passed away, he had a heart attack while we were uh, down in Southern California. He was in Northern California, and they had trouble getting a hold of us. And finally, we heard about it and uh, drove back, what, eight hours <laughs> straight to get back to where he was in a hospital. But by the time we arrived, they had just finished his open heart surgery, and he was just in the uh, recovery uh, uh, ICU type of a space and he was starting to come to awake but in between that in between anesthesia and returning space so we were able to be with him and talk to him and at one point I'm Raphael's on one side of his bed and I'm on the other side of his bed and he, he's a little propped up and starting to wake up more and and we're talking about different things but he's still pretty out of it and then he starts looking up and looking down and looking up and looking up. And then he's pointing with his finger. He's pointing. Wall. Yeah, he's just going. And then he's pointing down and he's pointing up and then he's pointing down. And I said, I, I realize he's seeing clairvoyantly. He's seeing a spirit. So I said, hey, Dad, what are you, what are you looking at? And he goes, interesting, huh? And I said, yeah, well, well, what's interesting to you? And he says, there's lots of people here. And I said, yeah. And he says, but they're, they're, some of the people are going up. And then some of the people are coming down. And there were a lot more coming down yeah, than there going was, up. Yeah, and then he goes, there's the a lot more coming down than going up. And it was hilarious. So I looked at what he's looking at, and it's all the beings, the, the ones who are going up. This is a hospital. He was in ICU, right? Well, the ones that are going up, of course, are the ones that are passing over from in the hospital. They're, they died, and they're going up. But the ones he was saying, oh, there's so many more coming down. And, and then he's pointing to the floor of the ICU, and he says, yeah, going right down in there. And he says, strange, it's interesting, isn't it? And mm -hmm. we're cracking up. Yep, so the that afternoon when I was in the elevator, um, there were like four pregnant women in the elevator. And I asked them, what floor is the maternity floor? And they said what floor it was. It was the floor, he, the, the one person said, two floors below ICU are all maternity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this ho particular hospital in Sacramento was famous for their uh, labor and delivery. You yes. know, it's the, they were doing so many births uh, in that hospital all the time. And so, <laughs> so of course, he's going to see so many souls coming in for their births and incarnation, and they're going right past them down into the floor below. And, <laughs> and then the ones going up, yeah, well, we're in ICU, 
higher chances of of people going, you know, passing on from the more critical care units. Ah, so afterwards, when he was finally fully back to this world and, and the anesthesia was worn off and everything, uh, we asked him, do you remember what you experienced when you were coming out of anesthesia in ICU? And he said, no. <laughs> and so we reminded him, he says, I said that? <laughs> so, so he was in a completely altered state. Yeah, and completely. I don't think it was um, crazy oh, either no, because no. when I looked, I saw hey, the same thing. I saw thing. the same thing. Yeah. And, and then a little bit later on, we were talking and, and he starts looking sideways, you know, like when people watch a tennis match going back and forth, left and right. And so I realized he's looking at some more spirits. And I asked him and he says, yeah, there's a lot of people walking down this hallway. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that's been my experience in hospitals all the time. There's just so many spirits, both coming and going, as well as roaming around because they're out of their body. They're in comas, they're in you know, anesthesia, they're whatever, and they're hanging out uh, and checking things out. And some of them are beings that have passed on, but they haven't gone on. They're still hanging out at the hospital wondering you know, what, what's this and what do I do and, and all of that. So all these things are going on in the world around you all the time. But until you start to practice really developing your ability to see as a spiritual being, you have that ability already. It's, it's, it's already there. And, and uh, angels actually play a, a big part in that as reminders. And the experience that Raphael shared earlier uh, about the angelic heavenly presence and, and the experience of unconditional love and everything, the oneness, that's spirit. That's the experience of spirit. And that's what angels bring with them because they don't have any other, you know, it's unlike being human where we have both you know, the highs and the lows and the, you know, oh, this is a bad hair day, the whole bit. <laughs> I never asked an angel if they have bad hair days, but uh, they don't. They just have this total experience of oneness with God all the time. They don't ever not have that. So wherever they show up, anyone who's sensitive is going to experience a lot more of that and how we experience it in these human forms is as what we call unconditional love and and everything is just you know amazing everything is just so joyous and peaceful at the same time and loving and there's not a care in the world there's there's nothing that is contra- contrary so It seems that some kind of angel is present when it's our time to make our exit from this world. So those of you who are looking at that or looking at that for one of your loved ones, you know, don't worry. Start to recognize that. Spiritual support is there. It's really there. If that's true, then wouldn't it make sense that angels would be present before and during our birth as well? Even though there aren't nearly as many references in history, mythology, and literature of angels of birth. (laughs) In fact, I I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about angels of birth like I've heard people talk about angels of death. But, well, here's one right from the Bible. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Ah. Of course, many of you, especially if you're Christian, you you have heard that and recognize that. 
And then it said that the Buddha's mother fell asleep one night and dreamt that four archangels carried her to the Himalayan mountains where their queens bathed and clothed her. In the dream, a great being entered her side into her womb as a white elephant. Interesting, isn't it? And that was right before uh, Buddha's, you know, uh, conception and, and birth. Of course, there are some stories of angels announcing the birth of great beings in various cultures, and extraordinary events sometimes followed such announcements or preceded such births. I've assisted in several births in hospitals when I was a nurse in my late teens, and then as a spiritual midwife when I was in my 20s and 30s. In most of them, I was aware of the presence and participation of a number of angels and other beings in the labor, birth, and post-birth process of a soul incarnating them there. And um, uh, in terms of psychopomps, I want to include, there's been a couple of times where there was the presence of spaceships and uh, extraterrestrial beings as psychopomps in the births of some souls incarnating here. And Michael actually experienced that one time at the birth of someone that he knew. Well, we're almost to the end of our show today. We're absolutely decided, delighted <laughs> you chose to join us today. <clears throat> we welcome you to tune in again next Wednesday for a different perspective on angels and mediums with special guest psychic medium, healer, and teacher, Lauren Rainbow. And yes, Lauren Rainbow's last name is her real last name. Also, be sure to check out our website events calendar, latest newsletter, or our social sites for any updates on our Kona Hawaii Seminar Retreat Weekend. And whether the events will be on location or offered remotely, depending on world circumstances at the time of this broadcast. For details and to sign up, go to our website events listing for July 2020. Until then, be inspired Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.